Seventh Avenue Pizza, the official pizza of the Soda Pod. The Soda Pod, the official beer and hockey podcast of Seventh Avenue Pizza. And welcome back to another episode of MNCAA. We're at episode 96, guys. We're four away from the century mark. Uh, with you is Nick Max, and we're going to start with Big Ten here tonight. And it's a little bit different because, uh, well, the Big Ten is most of our college hockey uh, teams that we cover is on their holiday break. So Drew Cove, Nate Wells back with us. So tonight we're going to take a little bit of a different approach. Uh, one, I'm not wearing a hat because apparently on social media, you guys called me out on the no hat memo. So I had to, you know troll you guys a little bit i will say though uh nate you do rock the beanie and uh, drew cove i can't exactly make out the hat it looks like that's some kind of fish that you got Uh, jeans jeans sports shop in perham i have no idea where that is it's way up up north north. should i should i know where that is (laughs) you probably you probably went by it when you were going probably back and forth between bismarck kind of close there okay Oh, now let you say that. Okay, yeah, I, that name does ring a bell. Okay, yeah. ask me to put it on a map. No way, but the name's <laughs> ringing a bell. <laughs> well, guys, welcome to Minnesota geography, everyone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, the no games. Got to do something. Everything else, yes. <laughs> and then maybe Duluth. I think it's the other city most people will probably know. Um, but guys, you know, we're actually going to talk names that we both know and maybe don't know. And we're going to talk more in depth about the world junior championship, more in detail, the USA hockey roster they're, they're going to put up here this week. Uh, prelim games start this Thursday, the 21st. So it's a round Robin tournament first, and then it goes into essentially group play to, uh, go to the championship again, USA hockey, um, essentially, you know, one of the favorites, although they've had some struggles here and there in the past. Uh, so kind of, let's go right into it here guys uh so let's first talk there's a couple of golfers on this uh roster drew we'll start with you the reaction with the golfers names and uh any snubs or you know what sort of your t- uh, take on the final roster yeah a lot of teams uh or, i mean a lot of times over the years the golfers get a few two three four guys in the prelim and then they, maybe they get cut or maybe they don't stick around the whole uh and make it for the final roster but all four invites uh made their made the roster this year so we got uh uh, back on defense, uh, Ryan Chesley, Sam Renzel, and then up front, uh, Oliver Moore and uh, Jimmy Snuggerud. So um, they're all going to be playing for the U.S. Uh, in just a couple days here, which is always one of the best times of year. It's a really good way to get through um, the, the college break because, um, yeah, except for if you don't have an NHL network, which still just stinks because it's one channel I think we don't get. But I'm not going to go on another TV access rant. But, you know, it's like I can pay for it. I get it. But it won't work because the guys on the East Coast will, 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 will yeah. you know, set you straight on that. Apparently. It's like, man, I just wish I could get get it on ESPN or something but uh, or like a TSN simulcast somehow. But I don't know. Uh, but still, it's a, it's a good, great tournament to watch because um, it's just best on best of the age of the age bracket, which is always great. Um, so yeah, I just gotta, it's really good to see these, these gopher guys make it to, to be, and to be able to play. Cause obviously a lot of, a lot of these guys are going to be kind of sitting for a while and not, not that they're not ever going to be skating, but, um, they're going to be playing some competitive hockey and they're going to be able to kind of get that, that nice 
not break, but kind of change of pace and uh, hopefully bring bring some of that energy um, back. If you know, if they win win gold or something, bring it back. Uh, bring it back for the second half and kind of push the Gophers forward from there. And Nate, when we talk about the World Junior Championship too, it's it's a lot of it. You know, there's pride that's on the line, but as Drew mentioned, this is the best on best, right? So this is, you know, hockey powerhouses. We're talking U.S., Canada, Sweden, Finland, uh, and then you have some other bloods in there like Czechia, Slovakia, um, Austria, I believe. Um, don't quote me on that. I know that you know there's a couple teams that flip flop every now and then, but you know, for even even if it's not for college hockey, right? This is a chance for. Uh, the world would to see who is going to be sort of the the best talent that could have their name called come uh, this summer in the NHL entry draft. So, you know, for that alone, um, Nate, is this the best out of any sport like amateur world sort of tournament? Because I would argue that it's hands down. There's nothing like this in football, baseball or basketball that could compare to uh, the age group and then sort of, you know, the showcase of talent that's going to be on display over the next couple of weeks. The only tournament that might give it a run for its money is the Olympics and soccer because you have it's under 23 on the men's side. Um, and obviously there are world they're under eight, they're U17, 20, 21, uh, 19 World Cups as well that are going. But I think just it's been made an event. It's a huge deal. It's a huge deal in Canada. Um, day after Christmas, it's basically it's a big deal. Um, and that has spread down to the United States over the last 10, 15 years to where you're seeing the best U20 players in the world. And in an era where the best, the best, I haven't been playing in the Olympics the last couple, and there are no World Cup of Hockey in the future. This is that one opportunity you get to see those age group players represent their country, wear their flag, wear the crest on the front, and be able to represent um, their country. and play for a medal but not only that it's yeah you're seeing the next generation of players Connor Bedard was in the world juniors last year uh Celebrini from Boston College part BU I almost said BC and you know bodies they will they will those, those are funny words <laughs> but they are can't imagine how much enjoyment they get from yeah. listening to this podcast yeah yeah oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah they're all hockey you got to make sure they got to be up to date with the big 10 everyone in <laughs> everyone in Massachusetts <laughs> They're wondering, yeah, they're wondering, like, hey, it's December. What, where's your Big Ten bean pot uh, discussion now? Yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll keep going. But it, it's one of those things where you're going to see the next, the top picks in the draft playing. You're going to see the top prospects who are not in the NHL playing. And sometimes NHL teams will uh, loan their top prospects to play in this tournament. So. Yeah, if if you're a hockey if you're a college hockey fan who hasn't watched it before, I highly recommend it. If you have watched the World Juniors, this one's going to be a very exciting opportunity, and you know what we're talking about. Do you know you you recognize this assignment? <laughs> they understood the assignment too, right, Nate? Um, Drew, uh, as we mentioned, four golfers on this squad, but you know. There's other Big Ten flavor on this squad too. Some some Michigan blood in there as well. Um, Nate did talk uh, BUBC. There's a couple of names also from those schools in there as well. Um, so for folks who are looking for a reason to watch, and maybe those listening to the podcast with us are out east, and they're like, I don't care about Michigan. I don't care about the Gophers. Maybe they care about Michigan, but who else should they be looking out for? Boy, I mean especially in watching some of the NCAA tournament last year, Lane Hudson uh, yep. being part of the tournament is 
awesome uh, BU, another BU guy, but um, we're getting back into good graces of BU now. Yeah, no, he, I, we got to say all the, all the praises about that guy and he's, he's just extremely talented and it should be fun to watch uh, kind of on this big stage um, for his talents to be uh, exposed. But obviously as Gopher fans know too, uh, Trey Augustine in that, I mean, I think he's the, I think some people were saying that like, Oh, could it be him or could it be Jacob Fowler from BC? I, I have a feeling that Augustine will get the benefit of the doubt for being the guy right now. Um, but I, I think a lot of, a lot of fans are going to USA fans specifically are going to, I think some gopher fans will be able to turn it off if he's uh otherworldly against uh, the rest of the country, the rest of the world, especially uh, Canada. I think it'd be really important seeing that first game, the pre-tournament uh, game against Canada. I think the, the day before two days before Christmas or something like that. Um, but yeah, another a couple more Michigan guys that just we haven't seen lately. Um, at least if you're just watching, uh, if you're just watching the Gophers, you haven't seen these guys in a while, and you're gonna want to know how well they're playing because they they could light up the Gophers here soon. But um, Rutger McGroarty, I always have trouble saying that name, but and Frank Nazer too. Those two guys um, are incredible, and I kind of want to see how how they play and how they mix with this other top talent. Uh, I mean. Team USA is often like a Gophers squad or a Michigan squad in terms of just the talent ladenness of it. And uh, it should be fun to see those, those guys who are usually kind of the top end talent to those blue blood programs uh, on the same team again. And that's always another great thing about this time of year, but um, yeah, pretty Michigan heavy. I don't know how many Michigan people listen to this podcast either, but uh, if they do, they'll love this, this part of the segment. What's what's the quote from Miracle? Yeah, a bunch of guys from Boston and Minnesota. Mm-hmm. That's gonna work, something like that. <laughs> uh, there's more to there's more variety though, uh, guys. With this, um, and you know, kind of kind of fun. Where you know, if you look down via conference, uh, NCHC um, very underrepresented this time around. Zeev Boyum, the uh, only person that's in for the NCHC. Um, again, you mentioned a lot of Big Ten flavor. Um, and then Bemidji State um, getting their one uh, guy into the into the mix. Jeez, um, why can't why can't I find him? Pole camp, pole camp, yep, yes, Eric Pole camp, yeah, pole camp. So he's in on defense, and then uh, I don't know, maybe maybe it's just me, guys. But the one guy that I want to look at, and I, I want to get your guys' take on this, uh, only because to me, there's some Minnesota fans that might look at this and go, "Where the heck was this? How was Isaac Howard?" Uh, the former UMD Bulldog, Nate. Um, it was clear it wasn't really a fit between Howard and the Bulldogs last year. Seems to be doing all right this year with Michigan State. Uh, again, a big connection there between him and Adam Nightingale. And for those who don't know, those two spent some time again in the U.S. Hockey Development Program as well. Um, is he a guy you should also kind of keep an eye on? I think he'd put him on the. I'd put him on the list. Just you have a lot of people where. It's an older veteran team. There's people who I'm kind of curious to see. I mean, the Elaine Hudson, as Drew mentioned, um, Cutter Gaudier from BC. So we're gonna we'll, we'll get all the the Beanpot guys in here. Mm. Um, you guess again, you have these guys who are playing in their their 19 year olds or their U20 season who had some major freshman seasons, are doing some great things as sophomores, and are going to be leading the team. Jimmy Snuggerud's on that list as well, um, up front. I really am curious to see a guy like Isaac Howard who has really turned it on this year. He's been the player that UMD fans thought that he was going to be uh, for the Bulldogs. 
And obviously that doesn't always happen in college. It's an adjustment from the, to the next level. Sometimes it takes a year. Sometimes you find that you're not having the right fit. You're not being the right coach. And it, it's, it's worked out for, it's worked out for Howard and Michigan state in that way. Um, and yeah, Nick, you mentioned the guy, the only NCHC player, Zeev Boyim is a player who I'm really curious to see who fits into this club. Um, his brother represented the red, white, and blue as well, Shy, um, also at Denver. And he, for my money, he might be one of the most underrated players. He, um, Denver has a lot of yes. big names. Um, I mean, I say he's underrated as a guy who I think was honored as the like, not, was like the National Defense Month of the Month for November. But I still feel like he's not getting that uh, – recognition from other places and Denver's in this weird spot where they can score outscore anyone. Their defense is still kind of figuring things out, but you know that with Denver teams in the past where they're able to find themselves in the second half and kind of go on a run. And I really am just kind of curious to see how he fits in with this USA team and just how him and about several other of the collegians it's 22 of the 25 players are, uh, on the on the U.S. roster are are from playing college hockey, so I'll see. Curious to see how they all are able to take this experience and turn into uh, productive second halves. Because a lot of the times you do have players, especially uh, first year players, they will come back and play against their age group after going against older players, find themselves kind of get that confidence, regain it, and just be able to take that next step in their development in the second half of the season. So, guys, we NCHC one player, but two coaches from the NCHC. One is the head coach. So you talk about Zeev William. His head coach is going to be the head coach of Team USA. That's David Carl, again, national championship winner at a very young age, one of the youngest coaches ever to win a national championship. And then, of course, St. Cloud's Brett Larson tapped as an assistant. And then Garrett LeBoyne, who has spent time in the NCHC, then the Big Ten, and now will be the CCHA, again, head coach of the Augustana Vikings. Um so I, I guess my question to you guys is, and, and Drew will get your opinion on this, is so David Carl, um, the NCHC plays kind of a, you shall we say that West Coast style of hockey, right? Where, you know, the offense is there, but they play a heavy brand of hockey. The big question and the big matchup that USA Hockey's fans always circle on the calendar is, where is Team Canada, right? How does USA Hockey look at that matchup, which is always so high flying and skilled, they skate really well. And the one thing that I look at with Team Canada, especially at this age group, is when systems in, shall we say, structure breaks down, Team Canada just has this knack of figuring things out when things break down. Um, yeah. So, how does the NCHE coaches, David Carl, Brett Larson, and now formerly Garrett Raboyne, handle a team like Canada that's going to have a lot of skill up and down that lineup and virtually not a weak spot? Yeah, it's difficult too because I think obviously they have a say in how this roster like was constructed and was finalized, and yep. they're going to be playing a high flying style too. I I don't I mean based on the players that from what I've seen that from the things that I've seen about the players that the U.S. has, they're they're going with skill, and I don't think they're they could have picked just like I mean a lot of people are going to be. A lot of Minnesota people, specifically if you're an NHL fan, you're going to be hate watching Gabe Perot, but he's one of the best skaters that there is. And um, I think, especially going with a guy, I mean, even if Strammel was having a good year um, and he doesn't make the team, it's like, all right, that's a that's a physical guy 
um, a guy who should be physical, who's not making the team, but obviously that's a few hypotheticals down the lane, but um, this is just, this is a team that's going to win with skill. And I think regardless of how Canada approaches, uh, approaches their games, uh, the U S has, <laughs> the U S has their way of how they're going to be able to win. And if, if they can't execute that, they just won't. And I, I, it's, it's going to be difficult um, to ascertain kind of how, how they'll trade goals and obviously how Augustine will hold up. But um, at least that's my thoughts on it. Nate, what do you, what do you think? I feel, yeah, it's, it is a very USA hockey in a way. It is kind of a Denver team in that end. And we'd be remiss to talk about not, we'd be remiss to talk about uh, Steve Miller, who perennial USA assistant coach, uh, Minnesota assistant coach and has been around the block uh, for various college hockey conferences. I don't even want to try to count. I think we're at NCHC, <laughs> Atlantic Hockey. I know Hockey East is in there. Uh, two Big Ten teams. Oof. I'm, the resume yeah, is long, right? It's It's a long resume. It, yeah. I think now that Ben Barr is head coach at uh, Maine, it might be he might have the preeminent uh, assistant coach uh, travel resume. <laughs> You just might, but, um, you know, and guys, why we're spending time talking about this, right. Is, you know, first of all, what an opportunity for these players, right. To, you know, play some extra hockey in between the holiday break. Again, you're going up to some of the best talent in the world, right. You know, because again, playing, um, for your nation and more so, you know, the experience of the world juniors can essentially springboard some players to have a pretty good second half of the season. Right. And I think that's kind of where, we're going with this, right? Is so when we look at a lot of this roster, a lot of Big Ten flavor here. Essentially, you know, what's first? Let's do this. Let's recap what the Big Ten standings are for those who may have not been following. As of recently, again, Michigan State. We talked about Trey Augustine, Isaac Howard, a couple of guys on that list. Uh, they currently sit atop of the Big Ten standings. Wisconsin at number two. Who would have called that? Uh, the Gophers sitting at third. Notre Dame, Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State round up uh, three through seven. So I guess at the end of it, how will the second half shake out? And again, these are just a couple of players, right? They're going to go back to their teams with some of this. Now, that experience for maybe some of the younger kids like Sam Renzel. Um, Drew, I want to actually pose this question to you because sometimes, and we saw this with St. Cloud's Jack Peart when we watched him, is when you go up against some of the best talent, you learn a couple of things. And maybe you do some adjustments. And college hockey, maybe as a player, you once looked at it as this big beast of a thing that you're trying to figure out. And then you go to the world juniors, you come back and you're like, okay, isn't that bad? Right. So how could a tournament like this affect a player like Sam Rizal is a little bit younger. still trying to figure things out. How can it propel him to have a much better second half of this of the season? I think it'll give him a lot more space. Um, considering I think that this Gophers defense as a whole, uh, the younger guys have just kind of, uh, the word crumbled came to mind, but that's certainly not the case because they haven't completely fallen apart. But I'm just saying they, they sometimes have weak spots. <laughs> <laughs> they sometimes have some weak spots against the, the some of the more physical and heavier older guys. And like I think this should be a breath of fresh air uh, for him on the back end to have a lot more space, a lot less, uh, I guess, size and age going against you just by, by the nature of the tournament. Um but and then he, sh I think he should be able to come back probably with some renewed confidence, saying, "Yeah, you know what? I am one of the best players in the world. I am one of the best, uh, the best players that can really make a difference for this team. And if I play X, Y, and Z, and and t take a little bit of notes off of how he can beat some of the best offensive players in the world, I think it'll translate well something to just to, to some way uh, in, into the back half of the Big Ten season." 
And Nate, you know, do you agree with that? Because I mean, I think Drew hit it right in the head. Um, it can be a springboard with some players. Uh, but again, they're just one player out of what a 20 to two to 23 man roster in some of these college hockey squads. So uh, I guess, can it affect a team's direction? And if it does out of the big 10, is there anybody that might have a resurgence in the second half or maybe a team that slows down a little bit? Well, it goes two ways with how it affects. Cause first off, playing several games in a short period of time while everybody else is resting. And there are times where, and many of these teams, Minnesota, Michigan, BC have figured out, Hey, we're going to have a lot of players on a roster away. So let's not schedule games, but for the Gophers, they play Robert Morris right after this, right after the tournament ends and the tournaments this year is in Europe. So they have players who are basically coming right from Europe back to play. And sometimes it takes you a few weeks afterwards to kind of readjust and get going. But you kind of see that you'll see a little dip, then you get the little springboard going up. This tournament is great for high-end skilled player, first-year players like Renzel, who maybe is thrown a little bit in the deep end on this Minnesota blue line, gets a chance to use what he's learned, use those skills. Um, while playing in a lower role on this team. Um, you have Ryan, a guy like Ryan Chesley, who's maybe up a little bit higher in the pecking order, who can use the skills that he's learned from being one of the guys on Minnesota for Minnesota. And then someone, I, personally for me, the Minnesota player, I'm curious to see who comes out of this tournament for that second half is Oliver Moore, because you've seen those sparks. I think his play is better than the stats have shown. And just fo you focus on him a little bit each week. You see steps in the right direction. And I'm curious to see playing against players his own age, if that is a springboard to the next level for him to kind of put things together after the first half that will really help the Gophers for the second half um, and as they try to make that run uh, in the Big Ten standings and to contend for NCAAs. Yeah, and you know, Nate, it's, it's, and that's kind of the hope with some of these players, right? Is, you know, all of them were again a true freshman. He come in, you know, he comes in with a lot of accolades. Uh, there's no doubt the skill sets there, but now it's, you know, sometimes, like Drew said about Renzel, sometimes it's renewed confidence. And as we talk about with athletes, you know, sometimes just having, you know, a good couple of week spans or maybe just getting away from the so called routine, maybe of college hockey, maybe sparks something. Kind of have to wait and see. And, um, uh, well, gentlemen, that I think it transcends nicely to what I want to talk about next is um, it is the holiday season. Um, you know, gifts are being dealt, gifts are being received. Um, we here at MNCAA is a podcast of giving. So uh, with that being said, um, Drew, if you were Santa Claus or whatever guy you want to put out there that's giving out gifts, are there any gifts that you would want to give out to the rest of the Big Ten? And uh, you can't say lump a coal to anybody else but the Gophers. Is that <laughs> too easy? But um, any ideas? Yeah, boy. Man, I, I mean, I think this, obviously, because I'm sure more Gopher people listen to this than just about anything. But I would say I would give the gift of consistency to the Gophers. That's what I would give them. I would give them <laughs> I would give them. Uh, a plan to say, you know what, if you execute this plan, I'm going to give you the plan, but you got to do it. But here it is to make sure you get two wins, two wins in a row and play consistently throughout those games. And um, I think that's, 
that's what they need. That's what they need to take the next step and to get, I think, people on the fence um, into believers, people who thought at the start of the season who said, oh, I, I think they're in the national title conversation. It's, and it's faded a little bit since then. Um, I think they need I need they need the gift of consistency and, and putting together two very complete games in a weekend um, just to show fans that they that they can do it, uh, to show themselves that, yeah, we can do it and, and we know how to do it. We've done it before. Um, and yeah, maybe that turns into a springboard, but, um, boy, other than that, I mean, it'd be, it'd be nice to see, uh, just from a a competitive standpoint, it'd be nice to see Ohio state rattle off a few more wins and make things a little bit more interesting. Give them the gift of, uh, of beating a couple of higher profile teams as well. So just to make things more chaotic, but Nate, how about you? Um, are you in the giving spirit? Are you going to be like, uh, Shall we say the, the our friend the Grinch? Some people like to have that mantra going into the holidays. I I think that we here in MNCAA is very we're very pro giving Ohio State wins and just pro chaos. I, I'll mm-hmm. go with that, Drew. Yeah. Um, I would say, and I would give them I would give them the gift of health because you know Ohio State has had some injuries throughout the year. Um, Minnesota has struggled to stay consistently healthy where it seems like each week someone is kind of struggling where you're not sure maybe they're coming into play or maybe they will not, but no one has been as hurt as Michigan. Um, I mean, even kind of going back to what we're talking about with the world juniors where Rucker McGrody is on the roster. You're still not hundred percent sure if he's going to be cleared. Basically anyone on that roster, like any major name on that roster has spent some time injured. Uh, there's certainly some things to be proud of if you're the Wolverines. Same as Casey has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, it has been it has been a tough first half for the Wolverines on that end. And yeah, if they get some health, they'll kind of be in that same boat where they can maybe throw in a little bit more chaos that uh, you know we here love to see. So guys, you know we've avoided the P word for a while. I haven't. And- me yes drew's like no 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 i'm gonna say in october (laughs) okay not everybody's avoided the p word myself (laughs) but um at the end (laughs) at the end but i think it's appropriate now that we're through essentially the you know de facto first half of the season this is where i think we can have a more in-depth conversation and you know that teams are actually starting to look at this a little bit more that is the pairwise yes um and i think it is something to note that despite the Gophers struggles with consistency, they are currently in a pairwise spot that would give them a bid to the NCAA tournament. The problem is drew is that they're in Alaska spot, which if we've seen in years past, that spot tends to not be secure. Um, For those who are wondering, uh, Minnesota is now in 13th spot, uh, technically in a tie with Western, Western Michigan for 12, uh, Western Michigan, apparently with the tiebreaker, St. Cloud is at 14, Michigan at 15. Um, this is big because, you know, you talk about consistency and you're talking about winning. This is where, again, you, you know, the last couple of years, Drew, that the golfers have been favorites. They've ran away with the Big Ten regular season by now. It was already sort of, I don't say it was a done deal, but, you know, the distance between one and the rest of the crew was, you know, significant per se. It's mm-hmm. not the same, uh, this, uh, story this year for the Gophers, right? So it is a different outlook when you're essentially trying to just lock up the 
Big Ten regular season to now trying to lock up in a you know favorable pairwise position. Um, so I guess first question to you, Drew, is do you like where the golfers are at? Obviously, top 16, they're in for now, but they're not at all safe, as they say. Yeah, I mean, it could be worse, but it obviously could be better because we've talked, we talked, I think, the last couple of weeks about just the missing points here and there. Um, but yeah, you got to say that, boy, this is a kind of, this is a cusperish kind of spot where it's like, all right, you know what? It, they likely are not going to get the auto bit. I mean, who knows who's to say with the conference tournament, but they're going to have to pay attention to that now. They're not going to be just otherworldly good enough to be a number one seed uh, without kind of conference auto bids. So, um, and then you're going to have to factor in like, not just going to be 16, uh, 16 on down. It's like, there are going to be conferences with teams that are not nowhere near the top 16 that are going to have to send that they're going to have to send a representative. So that kind of narrows it down even further. And I mean, historically we've seen guys, I mean, teams at, at 13 where that's, that's the absolute back cutoff. So, um, it's just, it's, you, you gotta get a little bit, uh, gotta get a little bit more time down, uh, and just, straight up just keep winning and nate looks like he's got a he's lot to add to that yes yeah. yes he's, he's way to one of the one of the drew one of those teams minnesota yes we covered that team it was 2018 we did we were 13 in the pairwise and enough crazy stuff happened to get bit uh auto bids in where 13 was not enough they needed six results to go uh, it was yes. like it was the crazy if you if someone would have put money on it it would have been the craziest parlay because it was it was never it was six six on very unlikely things to happen all happened in the same day and it was, it was uh yeah it was four it was four off. upsets it, it was four upsets and the right four upsets like that had to have happened and somehow the only one that went right for minnesota was north dakota beating minnesota duluth in the nchc third place game and that was a thing which that's and, like bizarro world like and the, and gopher, funny the thing one was, thing that went think, right for the gophers is north dakota yeah. winning and not only that, that also knocked out. Uh, that also knocked out North Dakota at some point too, which is a weird thing it too. Did. It yep. was weird, bizarre. Right? I just also it's, I remember that, and anyone who long time listened to Drew and I like mm-hmm. two podcasts ago, we we're like, I think we ended the one before that. We we're like, we'll see you next week. We'll talk about the NCAA's, and then we we're like, yeah, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't sure about that. So yeah, thirteen sure. might have some bad blood for some Gophers fans, but yes. uh, they've Lucky they've got 13, some room right? to improve. And... Yeah. All right. <laughs> so so we've first. angered. So we've angered. Basically, Boston. All the fans and brought up some bad memories of 2018. So I think what, we're getting we're getting, we're bringing everybody uh, down. And if we've pissed off Boston by proxy, we've pissed off Bucci. So let's add that one to the frame. <laughs> So yeah, just so so guys, let me, let me take this one step further. So thirteen, as we talked about, it's not good enough, right? Especially with the auto bids. I think to be safe, you got to be at least what ten. Is that the magic number? I mean, twelve, you could say okay, sure, but at the end of the day, I think you have to be in a top ten spot to really feel that you're somewhat comfortable, knowing that you'll have that auto bid there. But even at ten, and, and Nate, I'm going to throw this back to you, as we just talked about with the Gophers, right? you're not fully secure, right? There, You're still in a position where, I mean, look at last year with some of the things that happened out East with the upsets that happened in conference tournaments. There really was a shuffling of the deck um, towards the bottom, uh, what, three or four places of the pairwise. In fact, a big part of that was the reason why Alaska was sitting in, what, 12th or 13th, I believe, and then they missed the tournament. So is 10 really the spot you have to be in to feel like 
I'm solid and secure. Not a lock, but I'm 99.9% going to be going to the NCAA tournament. Well, 10 year in, because there's only six auto bids. Um, I would say. Thanks for making me feel smart with you, Matthew. Much, I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> As, as, as a licensed bracketologist, I can tell you that there are six out of bids. There are 16 teams. <laughs> <laughs> and six, six, 16 for sure you'll not be in. Be, 15 for sure you'll not be in this year. But 14, here's, here's you have to, 14, 14, 13 is where you have to start kind of worrying about some upsets. Because 16, 15 are going to be some combination of Atlantic hockey. Although RIT could – so – I'll take a step back. This is where it kind of gets interesting. Um, RT could technically get in as an at-large bid. Things have to go a bit right, but they do have some good quality non-conference wins. CCHA, I really do not see a way that any team is going to be able to pull the pull off the way in. So, sixteen for sure is going to be an at-large. It's going to be gone for an at-large bid. Fifteen is most likely, but then there's also Arizona State and Alaska. Some independents around where. Right now, Arizona State is 16, Alaska is 18. And this is, and by right now, I mean when we're recording this uh, during uh, the middle of December. So if you're listening to this like two weeks later after Christmas, first off, hi from the future. I hope we're doing well. <laughs> and secondly, this might be a little bit different because this is being as if the season ended today. So those two teams can also play spoilers on that end. But it's a little bit more difficult for them because they don't have a conference tournament to be able to give an automatic bid. And they also basically for the second half of the season, they play all the independents kind of play one another because there's no one else to play. And there's a lot of independents at the bottom of the pairwise. So if you want to know anything and remember one thing about the pairwise, bad losses hurt a lot more than good wins helped. So when teams lose to a team in the bottom five of the pairwise, they will drop a lot more than winning against the top five team in the pairwise will help. So for Minnesota, basically the rest of their season, Robert Morris is the only team that is in the bottom half of the pairwise. And Robert Morris is 63 of 64 teams. They just restarted their program. So if you're the Gophers, you cannot afford to lose either of those two games. Any other combination, even losing uh, in overtime or sorry, tying and losing the shootout to Ohio State doesn't hurt as much because right now they're in the top 30. Ohio State's done very well non-conference play. The rest of the Big Ten has, and that's who Minnesota's going to play. But if you're Alaska and Arizona State, you're playing Robert Morris. You're playing LIU. You're playing Alaska Anchorage. You're playing Lindenwood, all these teams at the bottom where you pretty much have to run the table. And that's what Alaska essentially did last year to put themselves in that spot to make the tournament. But if you're trying to be that team, if you're in 12, 13, throughout towards the end of the year, you're still probably going to have to worry a little bit. 10 or, or just add 10 plus 6 equals 16, apparently. Yes. It's that simple. So, <laughs> yeah. But I, I can't just, think, I, I can't I think, think of any, I can't think of a time it's gotten past time. like 12. So, Let's not say it can't happen. It's just really tough to see it happen. It's tough for it to happen. So, uh, so with that, guys, uh, I guess let's let's kind of wrap this little holiday segment up with with this thought. Um, I suppose just from the top of your head, Drew, can Minnesota with the second half of the season again, guys coming back from some World Junior Championship experience, usually that does bode well 
uh, and a positive for those individual players coming back as long as they don't get hurt. That's the one concern I think a lot of college hockey teams, coaches, whatnot, have have is, you know, you're never going to say no to this opportunity for one of your players, but you do hope that they come back healthy and not injured. So beyond that, Drew, can Minnesota find a way to start stringing wins together? Because apparently I've been doing my arithmetic very, very wrong these last few years. <laughs> no, I think, uh, I think the defense, yeah, defense is going to have to continue to make improvements. Uh, forwards are going to have to be, um, I guess clicking in terms of their depth. And, uh, that's just, that's the way that the Gophers are going to succeed. They need to, they need to find a way to beat uh, and not find a way that says, seems like it's more drastic than, than it is. They need to beat Robert Morris pretty easily. Um, and that's, that's probably going to be with some guys facing some jet lag and maybe some like guys coming back. And we've seen plenty of times where some of these guys had to be scratched or they, their flight gets in an hour before the game's supposed to start from these world juniors games right at the end. But the Gophers are going to have to be right on right from the start. Use those Robert Morris games as like, wow, we are really, really good and take that confidence and apply actually their, their skill level and their talent against the rest of the big 10. Cause they, they're going to need to be consistent, get some sweeps um, just to elevate themselves above 13. And that's that all it's going to take is, is just getting some wins. So they, they have to, they have to improve on the little things that we've talked about all season and, and, and just make that just climb those steps. Like you just got to go one step at a time. And Nate, to kind of build off that, uh, what's your confidence level that Minnesota can do that one? And number two, is it still in play that the Gophers could turn things around and still make a run uh, for the Big Ten? I want to know if regular season championship is in play, but perhaps if they start playing well enough, could maybe find themselves in the Big Ten tournament championship game. Is I mean, it's not out of the question, but what's your confidence level in both of those scenarios playing out? I'm more confident that Minnesota can make the Big Ten championship game. I believe they can make a run for the Big Ten title, but they are a little bit behind the eight ball in having that opportunity. They're eight points behind Michigan State right now. They're seven points behind Wisconsin. However, they also have two games at hand, so that will end up being pushed back a little bit more as the rest of the Big Ten gets started in conference play a little bit earlier than Minnesota does. However, we have seen a lot of really good things to come with the Minnesota. It just, as we've kind of been the theme of this first half, it's finding those consistency. It's being able to build upon week upon week. The Gophers are 13th in the pairwise. They're kind of in a spot where you see a lot of teams who have the talent, but just haven't been able to pull off that consistency where the St. Cloud, the Western Michigan, Michigan, New Hampshire, just teams where you can see someone turning things around and just being able to work up maybe into that next tier. However, they haven't shown it yet. Um, the Gophers are really in a good conference to help them out in the second half. There are six teams in the top 20 of the pairwise. They're all kind of going to beat up with one another, provided that no one has any really bad non-conference losses the next little bit. It should kind of whittle itself out to be maybe somewhere between, I would say three teams is a safe estimate for, uh, for the Big Ten to reach the NCAA tournament. Four is not a surprise. Five would be very tough just for how things go. It would require a lot of beating up on Ohio State. And, you know, we wish that does not happen because we're pro chaos here in MNCA. So, <laughs> depends. But on the, the Gophers, yeah, but the Gophers are going to have to, one, take care of business against Robert Morris, um, continue their good run of non conference play, but define those just 
take the consistency that, or sorry, take the good that we've seen without the consistency and build upon that consistency against those teams that are Big Ten teams that are in that same run of them. So the Michigan, the Penn State, the Notre Dame. Um, we, I think for my money, and I mentioned this last week, that the Gophers had the best performance against Michigan State uh, that any team has had in the Big Ten this year. So, I mean, I have that confidence in Minnesota that they can do it. It's just have the confidence to see them do it actually. And I think there is a chance that they can do it guys. Um, you know, like you said, you're gonna have to start to see a spark probably early in January. Again, I think one weekend of a sweep will go a long way for this goal for squad. Um, Cause Drew, as you mentioned it, sometimes it just boils down to confidence. Um, and I think the golfers right now, um, I think the confidence is that they can at least split the weekend, but that's not going to be good enough as we head down the stretch, especially towards big 10 tournament time. And then, obviously into NCAA tournament time. So we'll wait and see a lot of things yet to happen. And as we say, chaos, always a good thing. Um, <laughs> unless you're with one of our other conferences that we cover here um, up next year, guys, we're going to have a little bit of a round table. We're going to join forces with the NCHC and the CCHA. And uh, before we go to that, I do have um, a, a bit of a clip. We, we talked to Clark Griswold about the status of the CCHA. And uh, I want to play this, you know, his answer to his question because essentially asked to him you know it's bad right now for the ccha but how bad is it if everyone just goes home before things get worse worse how could they get any worse take a look around you ellen we're at the threshold of hell so with that being said <laughs> that is next here at mncaa stick around